Hi. Hello. Hello. How you doing? So good. So, so, so good. Welcome Kim back. Says we're doing so good. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals and best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at a busy birth center and home birth practice. I'm Meredith Rout, also a midwife at a home birth practice with Kim. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant with you guys at our out-of-hospital practice. Yeah, yeah. Can we just say hi to Devana real fast? Hi, hi. Devana. <laughs> Thank you for that suggestion, and we love you. Yeah, we do. And I love our amazing home birth practice as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's really nice we're spending time together again because mm-hmm. I feel like it's been it's been a very long time weeks since yeah. we've all been together. I feel like why, that's why this episode feels a little struggle bus is because we haven't actually just had time to catch up in a really long time. I told you not to say that. You have called every episode for the past four years a struggle. Well, you know what? Like I said, this is an authentic podcast about what's happening. Last now. week's episode was not a struggle bus. We were happy, oh, we had so much fun, and joyful. I loved listening to that. I yeah. was painting my kitchen and listening to you guys, and I just kept like laughing and then almost crying and then laughing and almost crying because I was like, "How are these two my best friends? I love them so much." Aww. I was gonna challenge people to do a drinking game, and every time I say the word "like," you have to take a sip of something. But then I realized people would be blind. Yeah, they <laughs> would all be drunk <laughs> in like ten minutes. So that would be sad. Hey, you said something I wanted to ask you about. What? That I was like. Oh, God, what is she, what? It was about the shoulder dystocia, because I loved that story so much. And you said, I sometimes wonder what would happen if we weren't there. Like, Mm -hmm. how long would it take for the baby? Well, I know that sometimes they might not come out. Okay, right. Because you were like... Because sometimes they they would turtle and then they would turn and I was like they would die <laughs> like in my kitchen I'm painting and I'm like they would die Jessica no and I do know I do know that that is true in many of the cases but I also have heard stories of like unassisted births where there's crazy shoulder dystocias and a baby somehow works it out and I've also just like. That was mostly just a question of, like, we never really know how vigorous any baby's going yeah. to be. And sometimes right. they can, like, put up with stuff that you thought that they would never be able to. Well, we are, yeah, because we're talking about, like, those transfers that they end up being, like, seven minutes long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not having someone help you with the shoulder dystocia is not a good idea. Yeah. If we should edit to add that. Just... <laughs> Just so everyone knows, we do not advocate for unassisted home birth. Even though you have the right to have one, it makes me very nervous. Mm-hmm. Just for those. So all the midwives, one at a time, have been having a dystocia, both here and Chantilly. Wow. It's coming. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, but I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like you've had I don't more, do though. I had so many, was it last year yeah. or the year before? And I was like, okay. That's oh, enough. and last year. That's yeah, I was there like, was I got a, it. I, I get mean, it. I think it's just all the time because I remember Sharon had a ton at the end of her training yes. too, and that was like years ago. I think the last actual actual stuck baby I had, the two were Teddy and Nolan. And that's yeah. been a while. I mean, Nolan's almost a year old. Yeah. So I'm not challenging knock on something real the hard, universe. Friend. I'm just saying, like, I that's just I've everyone yeah. tries to bleed to death. 
Oh, speaking of that's my new one. (laughs) Yes. And and we're going to be doing an episode about that next week. Um, We were going to do that this week, but we hadn't caught up in a long time and we're on a time crunch. And so we just decided like, Kim, you just got back from the lake. Yeah, it was amazing. Saw you had an amazing time. Went to Lake Gaston with our friends Nikki and Gaston. Gaston. (laughs) I know. I I sang it several times. (laughs) I'm sorry. And I did a Jessica. I swam naked. Oh, and I love that. And it, it looked was like so a hippo funny. was loose. Yeah, the hippo, very large hippo. <laughs> was the water like super warm? Um, The water was really warm during the day and it cooled off a little at night, but it okay. just felt so good because it was so hot yeah. last week and so humid. It was but so cool here. I told Nikki that I was like, I'm going to go swim naked. And my kids go, like Evie and Brock go down. My they kids love, love skinny Yeah, dipping. they love to, to skinny dip. So I was like, naked swim time. And they were all like, I don't know. Oh, like the guys were not invited. <laughs> Just for the record, the guys, the men were not, they were uninvited. And they didn't go. And even her older daughter later was like, oh, man, I wish I could have gone. But I guess it takes a lot to like. Yeah, you know, be naked. Whereas there was the that idea. one night in your yard where we just stripped butt naked, oh, and all yeah. the kids are running around like on a total <laughs> whim. So great. Oh, listen. <laughs> so, so I go down to the. We had this huge like boat dock, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna wear my sarong and I'm gonna keep it on. <laughs> Actually, this is really funny. I'm just remembering what. Happened. I'm going to keep it on to the last minute that way because we were surrounded by other houses. So and there was one light and it was just above the end of the dock. So I was like, I'll just avoid that one light. Jump in. No big deal. So I drop my sarong. I go to like do a jump and I'm like, because there was something in the water. Oh no! There were turtles everywhere. (laughs) They kept sunning. I kept trying to get a picture. They were sun on these little tubes on the water with their little neck stretched out and i'm like oh my god jessica so i go bite your nipple (laughs) i know i go to jump in naked i'm like no oh my god i can't what if that's one of the big ones so butt-ass naked i grab a hold of a pool noodle and i squat down and i start smacking the water to scare the turtles away and then i look Uh, up and evie's like what are you doing my ass is all right under that light and everything's just jiggling Jiggling all over the place and i was like well i guess I'll just jump in and I did but yeah <laughs> I probably look like some sort of like hairless ape uh, I mean technically I isn't know. that what I think that's what say we are yeah, that's <laughs> but um so while you Sorry, were like while you guy. were swatting at turtles naked on the lake and swimming naked like you were living my life yeah I feel like I was living your life yes. because I had three births last week it was terrible and um, awesome yeah awesome and terrible three births two of them were like people that I did not expect to go before their due date mm-hmm. um me and Meredith did one so like we were all happy go lucky when we did our episode last week yeah, and then the birth storm the birth storm hit the fanith and then god I was so tired I so, know I kept looking and you guys were at birth and Jen was at a birth and mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm just drinking <laughs> on the lake drinking on the lake drinking in your defense that's very rarely what's happening so yeah and I never panicked it. I enjoyed every single day Mm-hmm. Good for you. So, I know. It was a big That's step. awesome. A, a big picture of you on the boat is like one of my favorite pictures. <laughs> that was funny. Well, because everybody decided to have their babies before their due dates, I'm still only on call for one more. Um, and I'm off call on Saturday. And then, yeah, it's probably going to happen while we're at your party. And yeah, but then I think that as long as she doesn't go like super post dates, I'll have some unexpected time off. So. 
That would I'm be. excited for that. This will be the first Hoot Nanny I'm ever off call. I'm Not always, technically. I'm, I've always been on call. Oh, that you'll be off call. Mm-hmm. Well, you were off call last year, but your grandmama was. Mm, I wasn't off call. I would have been on call if I'd been in town. Yes. And you would have attended. And I birth. would have attended that birth. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a. I, it was such a beautiful birth. Though. I know. So we're today. What we're gonna do is we're gonna tell two birth stories of the week, um, just to catch you up on what we've been and doing. Acknowledge that this is indeed a birth podcast because, as Kim has pointed out, we haven't been very good at focusing I'm like, on that. They don't want to hear us talk about ourselves again. We've been doing that. Let's pick a time. I've had lots of good reviews on our hangout episodes. If people, people like it, if people want to get on there and tell us they want to hear us talk about ourselves more, oh. that would be great because that just gives us permission to prepare less. <laughs> <laughs> and can we, um, I want to go to the Bahamas. <laughs> uh, I'm not yeah. doing this right now. I want to no? go. We can work on that. Oh, also. I just want to say. I don't trust you. And I don't. I'm excited. Really, I'm, I'm sure we can make it a trip. My trust on travel with you is broken. I know. Well, I mean. <laughs> entirely. <laughs> I wanted to do one more sh- shout out to, um, so we already did a shout out to one of our new patrons. Oh, that's because of one of our patrons. Oh, okay. That's yes. a little bit more like it's going to happen. Yes. If we can like somehow make it work related, I feel like you would tolerate it that. It is. Well, that's, yeah. What do you think and I'm we, saying? I don't know. I just thought you were going to bug up your ass. So I'm gonna go we, also, we also got invited to go meet midwives in Ocean City and mm-hmm. do a, um, oh, nice. episode That'd be easy. there. That yeah. would be easy. But I wanted to do one more shout out to our patron, Molly, who I think we shouted out last week or a couple weeks ago and she like let us know some things about herself um but she's recently becoming a doula and i wanted to shout out to her um number one you sound amazing number two because she's one of the people that lives in council bluffs (laughs) oh nice we finally figured it out so molly's from council bluffs so molly thank you for listening to our podcast she also apparently telling everybody in council bluffs about it yes (laughs) And so she says that she's like you, Meredith, that she she loves everyone and she has lots of feelings. Oh, well, welcome (laughs) to the club. Okay, wait. She didn't say she loves everyone because that wouldn't be like you. She said, I feel everyone's feelings. Okay, yeah. So I was going to say, I've become a little bit of of a little bit of a hater in the recent years, but I still feel everything. So if you need to send me messages, you go right on in. <laughs> She'll feel everything They'll you just, say. Kim and Jess will just pass them right on to me and I, I will email to listen work. to them. Oh, that weird. sounds like a blessing. And we are <laughs> planning on doing an episode about your suggestion about all that doula stuff, Molly. Yeah. So thank you for the suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, Have we not done a doula episode? No, not really. We've talked about oh, it. Oh, we should get that would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I whispered. Um, we should get Alice for that one. We should get Alice for anyone. Yeah. I just want Alice to wear her helmet. And we be love you, <laughs> Alice. So let's talk about our first birth story of the week. Okay. So you're making um, eye contact with me, so I'm assuming you mean our birth that we did. Yes. Well, I won't be in. I won't be included in these stories. It's fine. Yes, but you can like, I'll just jump sit here in and I wasn't you. included in Justin's story last week, and I really enjoyed just listening to her That's share. Such a good story. And I wanted to say that this kind of goes along with the episode we're planning to do next week um, mm-hmm. because of this. Mm-hmm. So why don't you start? Cause because of what? I was the birth assistant for this um, birth, not the doula. So I didn't get there until pretty close to the end. Yeah. Oh, which we recently learned, as you pointed out, that you're a kick-ass birth assistant. Yeah, yeah. I want to add that your postpartum, I think we knew that. your postpartum game needs some work. My postpartum cleaning <laughs> game. Yes. Yes. But I think I said that last time. Yes. You immediately fall asleep. You're like a man after sex. 
<laughs> it's like the beat, the climax. It is, it is like you're, you get like an energy burst and then like the hormones are raging and then they just crash. And then she's just asleep. And, and then I'm done. Yes. In your defense for this one, the baby just needed to snuggle anyways. So you were still working. There was a lot of postpartum working going into there this was a one. Lot. So we'll tell about that as we get to that part. Um, but I am going to say in my defense, Kim. Go ahead. I was not going to help you clean Premiere because, number one, (laughs) I don't know any of your systems that you do there. Uh And, number two, I already felt like I had done a favor by showing up in the first place. You did. As as call number nine. You did a triple favor. And so as soon as someone else showed up that actually knew what the hell was going on, I was like, I'm out. I don't want to clean. And I don't know how to clean this place. I don't want to do that. What is this this wipe? What do I do with this wipe? No, they have a very specific. (laughs) What is this no. They have a very specific thing they go they through like you with to certain th- cleaners and they the way like they you, do the tub. They like, they like to we, make you think you ha- they have a way. Uh, we're very clean but. people there. I like to be very clean. I've recently purchased the same cleaning products for mm-hmm. my own home. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go Sparkly. on. Sparkly. So, I had, a, I had a jab. Meredith. Meredith, tell the beginning um, of the story. So how does the story start? Um, first off, I would like to say... I kind of did this to myself because I was thinking the days before this birth that I was due for a rougher birth. You were saying that. Like, we had mm-hmm. a whole conversation about that that day that we recorded. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I don't know. As a birth worker, the more births you do, the higher the chance of having a rougher outcome increases. So that was on my mind. And But honestly, it wasn't on my mind at all because of the person I was birthing with. She's amazing. Like. Yeah. She had the chillest freaking prenatal care ever. Never needed anything from me. Like, had definitely gotten the worst parts. I think I said the last episode. Like, she literally got the worst parts of me because we always met at two o'clock in the afternoon, which is when my body wants to siesta. I do like to say that the worst parts of you are better than the best parts of most other people. Yes, that's, that's true. fair. But I was messy. Like, I forgot things. I showed up to their first prenatal in, like, pink-covered clothes. It was fine because they were in pink-covered clothes. But, like, <laughs> that's just you, though. Yeah. So, anyways, they had a lot of faith in me. And I kept saying to them, like, don't worry. When it comes to your birth, I'm going to show you I really am good at my job. It's just you haven't actually seen that yet. So. <laughs> I'm good at one thing, and you'll see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways but yeah like her she was in labor because we we were what was i doing that day we were doing something we recorded we recorded that's right mm-hmm. okay so she was in and labor then we went and hung out for a little while mm-hmm. so just came to town to record because we're like well we might end up having oh that's right okay so she texted me at like 6 a.m saying that they she'd been up since midnight contracting but they were she sent me her contraction pattern and they weren't super consistent they were kind of spaced out so I told her just to try to rest the rest of the day and take some Benadryl and try the Rebozo and all those things that you do to try to figure out if it's prodromal or not because it was really hard to tell from her pattern. And so Jess decided to come into town to record because we were probably going to end up having to go to this person's birth anyways because they're in Winchester. And so we got through the recording and it was awesome. And then I went and got Penny that night and spent time with her. And finally, like eight o'clock rolls around. And I mean, I'm keeping in touch with them and her contraction patterns like every four minutes. Mm -hmm. But I keep saying they still don't really need support, but it's still like a wonky pattern. So I was like, you know what? Like, I feel weird that you guys have been labor all day. and I haven't seen you. Um, So I'm just going to come by and see what's going on. So I get there. And she's, like, in it. Like, she's, like, laughing and chatting in between them and, like, even during them just a tiny bit. But I also know this woman, like, your instincts just, like, can tell you that this person has an insane pain tolerance. Yeah. And and also, like, she had been up all night and all day. So, like, at the... 
at that point you also are like you know do we get things going so that you cannot be exhausted or do I like knock you out but we'd already tried like the Benadryl and stuff so I didn't really know what was gonna happen I didn't I went in like shorts because I wasn't even sure if I was gonna stay so anyways I ended up staying I still really wasn't sure what's going on and then there was just like a shift where all of a sudden things got really intense and I was like okay like I actually think you might be in active labor at this point yeah (laughs) not prodromal so and she needed IV antibiotics so I was like can I just check you because I'd hate to give you your IV early and then you have to be stuck with that even longer so I go to check her and of course she's like nine fucking centimeters I know so then I got a call (laughs) And I, I was like, guess what? Hey, You're in labor. I always love when <laughs> Meredith calls me to be a birth assistant because you tend to really call me like later in the game anyway. Mm-hmm. But you always call and you're like, so no rush. <laughs> no big deal. But she's nine Get centimeters. here when you get here. <laughs> but she's nine centimeters. So I'm going to start an IV and do this and do that. And I was like, I was like laying down trying to get like an hour or two of sleep. And I was like, okay, I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> so but this also, was like what, 1030 or 11 at night? It was like 11. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you that got there till the midnight. Worst time, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, yeah. you think you might be able yes. to stay asleep at least some of the night. I yes. love the three to four in the morning is my mm-hmm. favorite time because I'm old and yes. so I go to bed early. And you've already slept for like four or five yeah. hours. And yeah. hopefully yeah. you'll be done at some o'clock. point the same day. So at 11, I had laid down at like 930 and I was like, all right, I'm going to try and get it. And then, but you, you lay there for a while. So I finally had just started to be like, all right, I'm going going to sleep and it's like she's nine centimeters well i also needed to call you, you because home? yeah you, i was, was at home, oh. home yeah um also i waited to call because she was the mom that she didn't take a childbirth education or anything which also makes the story crazy because she like was just somebody who like knew she, she wanted to so have amazing. hospital birth knew she was gonna do such an amazing job and like was so validated in her own self like she didn't need like any outside validation that she was gonna rock this out so, um, I knew she was just going to hide in a closet the entire time she was in labor and she probably wasn't going to let me near her. So that's why I wanted to wait to call you because mm-hmm. I knew that she was doing better by herself. Cause anytime I left the space, she would start picking up. So like they had this massive couch mm-hmm. in their living room where the tub was. And so I just go and like slink down the couch and hide so they couldn't see me. And I, and I felt that <laughs> energy too. When I got there, I was like, I just kept feeling this energy of like i am intruding on a space and i am not helping this, being here and i, would need and to I can't s- hide this would have pissed kim go. off because kim would be like get up and do something with jess you're just like laying on the couch like half asleep but i, I was, was like, like this is great like they don't need anything don't from need you anything, right now but i like i was like i could go over doing heart tones but i also felt like i was intruding on their space she felt like there she was intruding on their space it wasn't until she was like really in it pushing that I was like, all right, I'm not intruding on the space anymore. And then at that point, I was like, just get in here. And you're like, are you sure? I'm like, get in yeah, here, That Jess. was before she was really in it, too. When I first got into the room for that, I still felt really conspicuous because yeah. it was so bright. It wasn't until, like, her lip was gone and she was, like, actively pushing in the yeah. tub that I was like, all right, now I feel comfortable being here. Yeah. Well, even we were we were joking about the next day with, I was joking with the mom where, like, she started pushing on her own and it was amazing. And she started pushing in the bathroom because she'd closed the door and mm-hmm. locked herself in the bathroom for, like, probably 20 minutes. And I was like. Now that I can understand. Yeah. <laughs> and her, her man, I was like, you know, if she has a baby in there, like, good for her. <laughs> like, 
will be here. And he was like, really? I was like, maybe. I don't know. Like, we joke she's going to lock herself in the closet this whole time. And so, sure enough, like, after that 20 minutes in the bathroom by herself, I heard her start pushing. So I, like, walked in the bathroom just to, like, make sure this baby was going to fly out because, like, who knows at this point. Yeah. And so, um, like, things slow down. And then a second I walk out of the bathroom, she starts, like, pushing hard Mm -hmm. again. I'm like, I'm just going to stay out of there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I could tell her man was, like, really nervous about catching this baby on his own. (laughs) just want to be alone. Yeah. And I'm, like, totally fine with that. Um, But I also, like, my gut was telling me this is going to go really fast. So she did though. She like on the top and pushed her mm-hmm. baby out. And I think at and some point she still had a lip because she, she was pushing, and I didn't feel the energy shift. Yeah, for a little while of that pushing, I was like, this pushing doesn't feel progressive. But once the was head pushing. was visible, it happened really fast oh, for yeah, a first yeah, time, yeah. mom. And it was amazing because the her water never broke, so her baby, um, she oh yeah, so I couldn't really see the way she was in the tub. And so I had her reach down at one point just to see what was going on because I had no idea at this mm-hmm. point the head could have been half out. I don't know. And so she reaches down and she's like, oh, I feel the water bag. Yeah. And so I was like, do you mind if I reach down just to see? And sure enough, like her water bag was completely bulging out, bulging out of her vagina and like the baby's head was like right behind it. It was so Isn't cool. Isn't that cool? I love that. And also this baby, which just called um, based on the labor pattern, was completely posterior also. <laughs> And she pushed the baby out yeah. first. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? And we like did some stuff to try to flip him. Cause he actually, I think he started out OA and then I think he flipped OP at some point, but then he hung out there. But anyways, so we almost had it in the call birth, which would have been phenomenal, but the water bag literally broke as his shoulders came. Wow. So it was really so the close. head was in the call. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was awesome. really cool. Um, and she just had this like freaking phenomenal water birth and the baby came out, the baby came out like crying, like in a way that was reassuring. So like we dried him off, but then we just like stepped back. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking in the moment, cause she had the lights off and she had these like twinkle lights behind her and her man was like behind her looking at the baby holding her. And I just remember thinking like, this is one of the calmest. Mm Mm-hmm immediate postpartums postpartums i've seen before the storm i've ever seen right and i guess like the reason why all this feels relevant is there was literally nothing about this woman's labor that felt that felt like we were gonna have complications like it felt so smooth um in hindsight she definitely lost blood in the tub that was worth noticing but wasn't like immediately concerning but was definitely like worth keeping an eye on so but other than that everything was perfect um get her out get her up get get her to bed she's laying in bed just like she immediately starts feeling cramping for her placenta which is perfect um and then you know then her cord lengthens and everything's great there's like you know some blood but not a lot and then you know she's starting to get really uncomfortable and so finally i'm doing like some traction to get the placenta and this is maybe like 20 minutes after the birth it wasn't long at all maybe 20 to 30 and then i remember she actually had like a push Mm-hmm. And instead of the placenta coming, we thought it was the placenta coming, and it was actually like a huge clot, like a clot the size of her placenta. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, All right. I was like, I see you, I see you, clot. And then the my plac- brain was like, that's fun. I looked up and saw her face. I was like, it's okay, we got this. It's also, cool. like this woman's a badass. Like she can handle so much. So um, I love the responses that everyone, birth workers and also non-birth workers, have to giant clots. It's always like, "All right," or like, <laughs> "Well, it's also hey, like hey, hey, hey. also a clot pre-placenta and a clot post-placenta That's are such lot. different monsters. Like a pre-placenta clot is just like, 
what the fuck yeah. universe but luckily like her her placenta was literally right there so mm-hmm. got the placenta out immediately after and it came out with like a pool of blood. and she geysered at that point yes oh she, nobody likes a geyser i look i mean like it literally looked like her vagina was projectile vomiting blood yeah, I haven't seen that ever. Like my insides some, just did the thing. It was yeah. a large. Spill. We've had some gnarly hemorrhages, but I but I've never seen a geyser like that before. So it all just flushed out after the placenta, yes. all at once. Well, no, it flushed out and once, and then it like, and then it stopped, and then it flushed out again. So she geysered maybe like two or three times in the course well, of fifteen minutes. No, no. So so a whole bunch came with the placenta. Mm-hmm. And then she did like shoot out some, but then we like rubbed. She was and firm the entire her time. Her uterus was firm and low the entire yes. time. Not once was she boggy this and entire time. And so then time. it would like stop. So we were like, right after the initial geyser, we did pit. So then yep. I massage again. I'm like, and she was low and firm. And then yep. when I was massaging, she geysered again. It was just like, even though so she was low you, and firm. Oh, that's blood what I was going to ask. Wording out. Because, you know, sometimes you grab it and you push. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. This was one of the hardest uterises I've, uh, I've ever felt. Yeah. And, and the blood so was squirting never, out it, like, it was squirting and like shooting out like three or four inches. Just like, psh. I've never seen anything. That's too much for a vessel. Because I remember like saying, are you sure she she wasn't? No, we've talked about it a lot afterwards. And because like the whole story goes on. But at some point it was found there was like a minuscule piece of placenta left in her uterus. But I have to say we've had so many clients pass clots with the tiny bit of placenta in it. This did not. I don't. Or I still, a lot or a huge clot, later. right? And yeah. I don't. I don't think her hemorrhage was related to that piece. No, of placenta. because it just didn't read like that because and, she and was the, firm and low the entire and time. And at the point that they found that tiny little piece, she'd have been stopped bleeding her, for like an hour. Her bleeding had been under control for over an hour. Yeah, maybe like two hours. Yeah. Um. So. So. I feel like it would have started up again if that had anything to yeah. do with the cause of it. So then I basically at that point gave her every single med I had at my disposal to her to try to stop. Yeah. Because at that point, we'd stopped the uterus. The uterus was firm and contracted, yes. but the bleeding still hadn't but stopped. But every time we'd rub, she'd spurt. Yeah. And so then you did the two shots of pit. You and did the I side attack. And then I started the cyto, and then we did the and two. And then the IV with yeah, the Yeah, the IV pit. But the thing, so I actually, considering this is the worst hemorrhage I've ever had, and I hope to ever have again. Yeah. I have to say I felt in my core so much calmer. Yeah. Than I think I would have if she'd ever lost consciousness. Yeah. I think if she had passed out, I would have had a harder I time never, staying calm. But I felt really I, I, I know felt I didn't panic. Yeah. I never felt panicked. And I think I came across as calm. But I definitely was like in get shit done mode. Like you definitely I was, came across as calm. I was like walking. I was like walking around the room getting everything. And I mean, it was just busy. Like it was 20 minutes of just like nonstop medication administration. Good, that means you're doing the right job. Both of us were running back and forth just like. Yeah. But it never felt panicked. But I do have to say that she was awake and alert the whole time. She was like talking yeah. to her baby, talking to us. And I, it was it was good for me to be able to keep checking in with her mm-hmm. and with him being like, hey, I know this looks insane. Like you definitely need meds and we're keeping an eye on it. But like, let me know how you're feeling because she never started feeling bad the whole time. Yeah. So then that always blows my mind. The worst Mills hemorrhage that I ever had. Yeah. She got up and walked out. I think she could have gotten up and walked in hindsight, but yeah. that's not how it went, which I feel fine about. But anyways, 
So twenty got, minutes out, it was the, under control. After you control. gave the and the and the, the ivy with pit, it was completely stopped and everything was completely normal. But at this point, she so it's really normal after you have a baby for your hormones to kick in and you start shaking. That's really normal. And even getting an IV of fluids can cause some shaking because of the cold of the f- fluid. Mm-hmm. So none of these things were abnormal. It was just like enough pieces of the puzzle weren't fitting together to make it feel very unclear so like i started this iv and then all of a sudden she starts shaking like nothing i've ever seen before like almost seizure status but definitely she was not having a seizure she was fully alert but she was shaking so violently like i kept asking jess to get a blood pressure or pulse on her and we couldn't get any vitals on her no well we could get her pulse like listening to we had to auscultate it with a stethoscope because she was jerking so violently you couldn't even get like a wrist pulse on her or a jugular even Mm -hmm. so that was that was like really intense And so, of course, there's like that part of your brain where you're like, is this just her reaction to all the different factors or is she going into shock right now? Yeah. And I was like, shock. So I yeah. So I checked in with her and I was like, I need you to know, like, you're on my radar for shock right now. So, like, I'm going to probably call EMS, but I'm going to give you like five minutes to let me get a blood pressure. And if I can't get a blood pressure on you, we're calling the ambulance. If I ever went into shock, I would hope and pray that I would have Meredith or someone like Meredith go, listen. You're on my radar for shock. I'd be like, that's but cool. the problem was that she was so. I feel okay. I've with it. never had a client go into shock and be completely awake and alert. I mean, she was trying to nurse her baby this yeah. whole time. Yeah, it just the pieces She's weren't fitting together. Odd, odd piece of nature. Yeah. So we ended up we ended up transferring. Yeah, um, we called EMT because her pulse spiked up and then she started getting tired and i was like i know she's like i'm just really i'm so tired i'm like i know girl you're tired but like this is more shock to me so like i'm I'm, we went and called Mm -hmm. but the validating part about this experience to me was sometimes when emt rolls up when for our hospital birth they're pretty judgy they don't like treat us with a lot of respect because they They were really nice to us right that's what i want to say this time was amazing like the guy that we've interacted with the most was in the same boat he was like i can't get a pulse on her i can't get a blood pressure like basically he was like you know more about this than i do so what do you want to do and i was like wow that's really surprising and i really like appreciate that um and so I, I like we decided that because he, he was in the same boat, he was like, it could go either way. She could be going into shock or this could just be her stabilizing. Because by the time they got here. there, her heart rate had stabilized. No, no, no. Her heart rate had stabilized, but then it went back up. Right. But I hadn't gone back. Oh, I thought it stabilized. And then when you guys got in the ambulance, no, it went up. Okay. No, no, no. It, it went back up into the 160s as soon as they came into the okay. house. So anyways, we transferred and it was a really smooth transfer. I really appreciated the communication with the EMT that were there. Mm-hmm. And we also were like in a pickle because that we saw the baby mm-hmm. and we didn't want the baby to be a patient because the baby was okay at that point. Mm-hmm. So we decided, and they weren't going to let anybody go with her in the ambulance, not even her romantic partner because of COVID. But luckily, her romantic partner. Yeah. Her, her Sigurd. So, um, luckily though, because they were so like respectful of our opinions, they actually let Jess go with her in the ambulance to monitor her bleeding. Cause at that point I still was like, I told them, I was like, if her bleeding lets loose again, like y'all aren't going to, yeah know what like, to do yeah, we like don't know what to do at all yeah <laughs> so they let jess go so i didn't have to deal with that so i appreciated that um and i stayed with the baby 
so yeah it all worked out she went to the hospital they ended up just giving her fluids and they told her she had a infection which i highly questioned but she got antibiotics and she just stayed for 24 hours and left yeah so in hindsight maybe she could have stayed home but i'm really glad i did not i just kept telling her i was like if anything happens to you yeah i would never live with myself that i didn't yeah. call and it what it was better safe and than sorry name it and so then for like um to go back to this so then i go i come back from the hospital mm-hmm. to the house the house was a it looked shit like show. a crime scene it was a shit show. it was awful which was like before the hemorrhage i was like this is gonna this has actually been a very very clean birth yeah. like <laughs> we're not gonna have much to do and then the hemorrhage happened and it was like oh my god what happened to this place it was awful but i got a call <laughs> on the way to the hospital that my other clients were in labor having contractions mm-hmm. and i so at that point the sun was already up it was like eight in the morning yeah. i think so i had been up all night my next client was a first time mom as well having contractions and i was like oh my god if i don't sleep and i'm at a birth all night again I'm i will die. literally die yeah. and i felt so guilty because i get back and she's like can you just snuggle the baby for a little wait bit? i thought can we tell them another part of the story that i thought yes. you're gonna say so i didn't tell the clients this and i know they're gonna listen to this story so yeah. sorry not sorry but they're after she transferred, the baby's respirations went up because mm-hmm. he obviously was in what I assumed was transient tachypnea because he didn't get much skin to skin time or breastfeeding mm-hmm. time with his mom. So he was stressed out because of what was going on. So I was like, crap, like if his breathing doesn't slow down, I'm going to have to freaking transfer this baby too. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I have to calm this kid down. And so she walks into the house. I've got my shirt off. I'm in my bra with this kid literally tucked into my bra. And I'm just like cleaning with this, like been naked with this baby on me, trying to get his breathing to stabilize, which I know favorite. that's not professional. Like no one's going to stare and be like, wow, that's a professional thing to do. But you know what? In that moment, it felt like exactly what needed to and happen. It, it worked. So she walked in the room and i in this client's house with maron holding a baby and so she's like she's like will you snuggle the baby and watch him while i try to tackle the disaster that is this house so we eventually decided we called the hospital we eventually decided the baby needs his mom um and they said that they wouldn't admit him as a patient so they which was shocking so we ended up bringing the baby to the hospital and then coming back and then we came back and i was like listen meredith I feel like such a dick right Wait, now. Wait, are you going to tell me your postpartum game sucks? Yes. I was like, I feel like <laughs> such a dick right now. My clients had already texted me and told me their cl- their, incre- their contractions were increasing even more. And I was like, I feel like such a dick because Kim was making fun of my postpartum game. <laughs> and I'm still I want, doing it. I want to help you clean this house up. And I would never, ever, ever do this. But if I don't get an hour of sleep, I might literally die. And so I ended up leaving the house at like nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. I got home. I slept for an hour and a half mm-hmm. and I ended up getting called to that. Bar. I had to clean out the placenta puke bowl by myself. Oh, no. <laughs> and you weren't close. So I couldn't walk down the street. No, to help you it's fine. Yes. It actually went faster than I thought it would. Yeah. So it's all good. But I want to say that I love you forever for being so understanding because I really don't think I would have been able to. Yeah. You end up having a really process rough. anything or do my job. You would have fallen asleep on the side of the bed. Oh like, yeah. Oh, I've done I, that. I, lots I of times, crashed but. so hard after that birth. Just my adrenaline from doing that hemorrhage. And then cr- I crashed so hard. So I can't even imagine. I think, oh yeah, Terrence, oh yeah, Terrence gave me a glass of wine when I got home and I got real silly and then I fell asleep sitting up on the couch. <laughs> 
there is something about like <gasps> some sort of a drink or something yeah. after you've been up forever. No. Like, oh my gosh. I yeah. got I real like, weird. I like power walked into my house and my kids are like, hey mom, hey mom, you're back for your breath. And I was like, I need to go to sleep right now. <laughs> I like power took off my clothes. I laid in my bed and I was like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> and I like passed out hard for like an hour and a half. And then finally was like, okay, time to go again. Round Give two. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. So, yeah, for our clients whose birth we're talking about, you're an amazing team. I'm. You guys said what you were going to do, and you fucking did it like bosses, and I'm so imp- impressed. Um, and the best thing about this client is she literally was just like, she's laughing about it. She was like, I thought my baby was going to be the difficult one, but look, I'm the one causing all the problems. Like, she's just been like joking. Like, even while she was hemorrhaging, she was joking on herself. Yeah. Oh, my God. And she's still doing it, and I just love her dearly. <laughs> and I'm really happy that they didn't have to stay in the hospital for very long, and I'm glad that she's a badass and got herself out of there very quickly. And it all worked out beautifully. So, so speaking of round two, it's time for us to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to tell another birth story of it. the week. Cue the music. Oh, yeah. So our sponsor for today's episode is once again our Teespring shop. Do you love cute shirts with birthy sayings on them? Do you love our logo? Would you love to have a mug or a bag with our logo on it? Well, if you like any of those things, then our Teespring shop is the place for you. Um, we will put a link to it in our posts on social media, um, but it's the Wine About Birth Teespring. So check out our Teespring shop and um, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Cheers. Welcome back from that delightful break. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I don't know. You were somewhere in your head just now that was not here. and You looked really silly. I was sleeping and then I was wondering, can I do that visit for her? Because she just needs to rest, but... I'm gone no, for the rest of the day. No, don't do that. That sounds terrible. I just, I just want to go. I'm the one who canceled. But you it need to rest. You were up at a birth all say, night. Also, I'm the one who canceled it yesterday because I got trapped in a tattoo parlor all day. Like that's <gasps> on me. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, not I can't on wait you. To make fun of Terrence. I have to say, I, I have to say, if I had to get tattooed where he was getting tattooed for that long, I don't think I would make it. You have done that before, and of course you. He got it it all up here though. Like when they were doing up here on mine, I thought I was gonna die. That's like when they get the inner arm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Plus, honestly, I feel like six hours straight for a tattoo artist is a lot. I feel like like you start getting um, stress hormone gets released. Yeah. I keep thinking about that because when I hear people getting like six hour tattoos or like tattoo artists I know that are like, I have a six hour tattoo today. I imagine like when I drive to New York and the amount of time that is. And how draining it is just driving. Yeah. And I'm like the amount of concentration it takes me doing art on somebody's body for that many hours straight. It just sounds horrifically awful. That's how long my sitting was for my side piece. And he asked me not to do it that way because of his own welfare. But I was like, I'm on call. Like, this is the only chance I yeah. have. <laughs> like, Tim please, said that please don't stab with the needle for six hours. They don't, people don't take into consideration the stress hormones yeah. that are getting released. He said he's had people like pass out or near pass out just because they sit there for four hours. It's painful. Yeah. Even if you handle it well, your body's like, oh my God. And then they don't eat and then they yeah. stand up and they're like, womp. I'm sure you release a ton of endorphins, too, from it, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I fell asleep during mine, so it was a nice break. (laughs) 
No, I did not fall asleep. I took Benadryl though, so that helped. Oh. So excited though. I'm gonna make my schedule. I'm gonna make my appointment for my sleep. But he said for anything longer than three hours sittings, it's gonna be three months. Yeah, I know. Ooh, it's crazy. It's a really long time. Anyways, so yeah, let's go to our second birth story of the week. Um, so all of the births I've done this week, uh, had something. Yeah, it was not an easy week for you. Happen, yeah. A um, variation. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Well, now you just had your rule of three happen, so my next births are gonna break. be fantastic. Were you gonna um, say variation of normal? No, I was gonna say they they veered from the path. Yeah, of normal. Exactly. Um. So then, so I get called to the next birth, and um, this is a first time mom, and she had been having contractions like all night, but she was sleeping throughout, like sleeping throughout the night. Thank so you. When she when they finally asked me to come, the contractions were like four to five minutes apart. Um, so I go to their house, and she's doing such a good job. Like, she's in it. She's laying on her side. She's doing such a good job. She's moaning, like, doing everything right. And so I'm there with her for several hours, and the contractions at some point get up to, like, two to three. They're doing all the things where I'm like, ooh, if this keeps happening, it's going to be time to go. I was going to say, so you were probably at their house and you were going to go to the center eventually? Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, yeah, if this keeps up, it's going to be time to go in soon and blah, blah, blah. Have a baby. Yeah. So we're probably there for probably like three hours and it's like, all right, do you feel like you're ready to head in? I feel like with these contractions, we're ready to head in. We head into the center. And, you know, it's hard with doulas because technically checking is not a skill set for doulas. So it's not like you can, like, check and make that choice I, with I that tr- information. I just try. I just don't like to do yeah, that. Yeah, we talked about though, that. Yeah, even though I technically have the skill and the ability to do it, I just don't like to use it. When I'm in my doula role, I like to be firmly in my doula role. And I would prefer to judge by mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. external and not like mess up the flow. Yeah. So we get to the center and um Jen also does not check her because it was like the flow seemed like everything's going normal like and even like before we left the house she was doing all the stuff like um she was starting to shake through contractions. She mm-hmm. was moaning. Like all those like textbook signs of progress. Her tailbone felt like it was doing the thing. Did she have the purple line? Um, I don't know. I feel like I had tried to check, but I don't really. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you conclusively. Um, and so, yeah, we, we finally go in and we're it's just seeming like everything's going good. Like she's shaking. She's moaning. She's doing all the classic things we put her on the toilet she starts to feel pushy like and we're like hmm, this could be like she was fooling all of us yeah um the baby's heart rate was like wonky when we got there it was high mm-hmm. and so like dehydrated maybe yeah and so we were like hmm, i wonder what that's all about she started hydrating really well which she had been hydrating really well the whole time like hydrating peeing hydrating peeing so it was really strange so we ended up giving her an iv and after the iv the baby's heart rate went down to normal um and so at one point i know like jen was even fooled too because she was like you know if you start to feel like pushing you can just like push mm-hmm. like maybe the baby will just start coming down and 
whatever. So we're we're all in the room. Or Wouldn't that have been magical? It would have been. been. We've called the nurse. We're ready to go. We're thinking we're going to have this amazing birth. But things just keep going. going. Yeah, and it's nothing's prolonging. changing. And you talked about that last week where all of a sudden you're like, Huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Or like you feel like you've been riding this energy and then all of a sudden it just kind of like tanks and you're yes. like, wait a yes. second. So at some point in time, she's on the toilet and she had been pushing and the energy of it shifts. It's like slowing down. She feels like stagnant. But yeah, but she's still having contractions like regular contractions. So Jen decides to check her. We check her. She was maybe two centimeters. Oh, That's like one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Oh my god. And she I've had been doing this what? for a really long time at that point. <sighs> um, so what we decided to do, or what all of us decided to do together, what were you gonna say about all that? I feel like I, I think just she's just like devastated. Don't remember for that you. part. I know you must have been texting me, but I was probably drinking. <laughs> <laughs> You were not that was doing when she what was I naked was in the and ocean or jet skiing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she was like two. And like part of me, because part of me still felt like the labor was normal. You're like, does she stretch to nine? No, but <laughs> she had a two stretch to birth. No, but I've even seen that before. I, I've seen it before. I had that one primip that we when we finally get to the hospital me thinking she's in transition she was one mm-hmm. and then an hour later after sitting on the toilet she, she was five yeah. and within 20 minutes she had had her baby yeah um and so i was like is and i've seen it with other people too where they'll be at four for like like their momentum is there but their body hours. hasn't caught up yeah they'll be at four for 10 hours and then in one hour they're like and she's nine now um so i was like is that what's happening or and so what we decided to do because she was so tired at this point um, is that we're like, all right, this is when we started the IVF, IV. Let's start the IV. Let's get some fluids. Let's see. Let's say it's a little late in the game for IVF. Yeah. <laughs> let's get some fluids. Let's see if that chills out the baby's heart rate and we'll give you the Benadryl. Let's see if you can sleep. Yeah. Because for a lot of moms, if they're not in like a super active labor, that'll work and they'll yeah. pass out for a couple hours. And especially hours. like if this mom was also Literally the same page happened. as y'all and thought you're ramped up and then you unfortunately give them a reality check of what's actually going on. Sometimes it'll just like stop and they yeah. can rest. Yeah, and I've seen that too where yeah. it'll just stop and they'll sleep. That ha- literally happened this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And she so- had labored for days and then all of a sudden just yeah slept. and i actually like used to hate those breaks when i was a student but as a provider now i love them because it usually just means that their uterus yeah. is resting yep. and it's going to decrease the chances of complications yeah hopefully later yep. so we did that her contractions spaced to maybe five minutes apart and she might have slept in like five minute increments for a half an hour which but is then, like literally nothing yes and so then it just like and then it ramped up again and it was just like here it comes again she's side lying and it's just like Bam, bam, And in your mind, you're hoping that maybe her body's still catching up. So I was like, those contractions sounded different. Those contractions sounded different. Like, this all sounds different. Like, maybe something's actually happening. So we waited, like, another hour or two, checked her again. Same thing. Nothing has changed. And at this point, she's still getting more and more and more and more tired. And probably just, like, she's frustrated, too. Yeah. And so now we're starting to, like, we're, like, she's getting frustrated she's and so it's like listen we're at a point where it's either you need to rest or we need to get things going um and so it's like all right let's try for a couple more hours to see if anything changes getting stuff going so we're like get in the shower have some privacy 
let's see what happens. So we gave her another like couple more hours and it sounded like it ramped up again. It ramped up. Things are happening. And so like we check her again. Zip. Zero change. Uh. Nothing. And so at this point, she's just like, she's so, yeah, at this point it's nighttime. It's, we've already, so she's been in labor for 24 hours. And I feel like when night comes and that's when moms start to panic, it's like, I can't do this for another night. And then when the morning comes, they always like rally again. But for whatever reason, like transitioning into another night of labor is so overwhelming. The sun goes down, the mom goes down. Yeah. "Eh." And so do the birth workers. That's true. The energy in the room just like dips drastically. But she was like, you know what? I'm at the end of my rope. I'm in so much pain. And these are those moms that you like love transfer for, right? Because you want them to be relieved and you you, like, you're sad for them, but you know that at least they're good. Like, it's a good reason. Like, sorry, there's not, there's not a bad reason. There's no bad reasons to transfer, but like, you know that there's those moms that just need epidurals and maybe some pit and they'll make a huge difference in their outcomes. And like, you really hope that for them. And I like love these clients and I just wanted them to have this birth so bad and they had worked so hard for it. Um, and so, yeah, she ended up transferring and I felt terrible about it because the COVID rule was still that no one could go with them. Yeah. So I got them to the hospital and I ended up having to leave. Um, and I feel like sh- she probably got validated because she still labored that whole night, the whole next day. Like, that's so crazy. Just like laboring and laboring and laboring and laboring, even with an epidural, eventually getting pit, just like. Going, going and going and going and going and slow at some point in time she got to like what they say nine and a half so i guess that would be a lip yeah was the baby tolerating all of this by the way because you said that they were a little wonky from what i've heard they didn't say anything about them not tolerating as we were chatting so she at one point got to like nine and a half and um they text me they're like nine and a half i think we're gonna be there soon and i didn't hear from him for several more hours and then they checked her again, and she had gone back down to, like, an eight and was uh, swelling. So at that, that's the worst. And baby yeah. was in a good position? From what we could tell, even at the center, baby was, in, baby was in a... No. When she left the center, baby was in perfect position. Like, there was no indication of anything wrong at all. Yeah. Um. So they opted. She was so tired at that point. Um, she had was still in pain even with her epidural, and so they opted for a C-section at that point. She was still in the epidural wasn't working. I mean, it helped, but she was not really like getting good sleep or anything. How so is she feeling about it now? I still have to go have like a longer meeting with them, so I'm curious to see how she's dealing with it, but. It was just one of those situations where it's just like so hard. They've done literally everything. And you, yeah. And they, and you know, like I know from the person who was there when they transferred, like there's no way she could have stayed up doing what she was doing for that amount of time that she had an epidural. Even as like committed as we are to out of hospital birth, like you would not wish that upon anyone. And this is when I'm like, I, and I just, I find myself wondering all the time why some women have to have it that hard. And I know it's all like maybe the shape of the pelvis or maybe the baby's position. It just doesn't seem fair. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And it's not fair and that's okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Birth and life are not fair. Yeah. But it definitely is a process. Like 
like I know them processing it is like it definitely a thing that takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And then even the birth worker is needing to process yeah. it because hence our podcast. Yeah, because it's actually been a really long time since one of my clients needed and a C-section. It's been a really, really long time. Yeah. So and you've had three difficult births in a week. So that's yeah. a lot to carry. Yeah. So also, can I clarify something I said? Yeah, I said that. Um, it's not fair and it's okay. Like I didn't want to minimize that it not being fair. It's is okay, okay to say it's not yeah, fair. Yeah, you don't have to like make it better, right? Right. Like, it's okay just to acknowledge that shit isn't fair sometimes. Yeah, that's all yeah. I meant. It's like because you can tell she's working just as hard as somebody who would have had their baby already, but it's like she's still gonna have to work that hard for the next twenty four, thirty six hours. Like, it's just yeah. At the end of the day, it. Those there's those births that make us realize again that's like sometimes things just don't the best laid intentions of mice and men or doulas and clients. (laughs) This is why I get frustrated with people who say, if you just trust enough, oh I know the baby will come out. And I'm like, Do you have any idea how not validating that is for some women who I have seen work their asses off like fiona obviously my mm-hmm. favorite i have a new plant named after her does <laughs> that mermaid hair yeah it's the one inside nice and i texted her you're gonna think i'm crazy i swear i'm not a stalker <laughs> i'm just oh my gosh i also saw some of her cookies that she made for jen oh, the other day she's could she amazing. get any better no and she's completely booked up now she's phenomenal through september she's gone phenomenal fiona yeah phenomenal phenomenal fiona anyway it's a it's like when people say well if you just trust hard enough or like Nicole, or I think it was Nicole, someone said, if you just pray hard enough. And I'm like, that really yeah. takes away from our moms that work their ass off for so long just to end up, not just, but to then end up with the birth outcome they didn't want. Like, yeah, it's not, it's just not fair. I was at a workshop once at a birth conference and a midwife stood in front of a crowd of people and said that, like, if you just did everything I told you, it oh. would have been fine. And this woman stood up with a baby on her back sobbing and she was like you weren't my midwife but i want you to know that like i did everything my midwife asked me to do and i did literally everything and i still had a c-section and she like called her out on her bullshit and like she was obviously very triggered and upset but she was like so brave to stand up and say that to somebody and i like i hope that woman like took that message away with her (laughs) it's hard to believe that there's any midwife who would say that because there's no midwife in the history of ever who has a c-section rate of zero yes that's not a thing and that's not safe how much ego is in midwife I wonder if it is a thing. I wonder if there's a midwife out there. That has a C-section rate of zero? Well, I've read of granny midwives, like, in the South that... That might have been, though, because there there wasn't a really viable option. Maybe they didn't have providers in the area who were doing C-sections, so they didn't have a choice. And they might might have had, like, higher... Maternal death. Maternal or... Or, you know, infant mortality as well, because there could be a point in time where you could get out any baby, like... I mean, God, the things doctors used to do before C-sections <gasps> to get out babies Katie that wouldn't come out. Katie and I were talking about that this morning, and she was a- appalled. I'm like, have you not looked up the instruments? And she's like, no. That's I'm why like, they were okay. called barber surgeons. Yeah. Don't don't look that yeah, up. Don't, don't look that up if you're pregnant. It is or not a hoping good idea. to be pregnant ever we in your future. support that. But no, I, and th- I don't think that there's anybody that thinks that the C-section rate should be zero. Some no. people genuinely yeah. need it's a very viable option. C-sections. Um, <coughs> so I feel like that's just irresponsible 
to say to anybody. Yes, absolutely. But I think that it's time to end out this episode. I'm getting a tickle in my throat. and Oh, my gosh. You got the do you want us to act, Jess, do you want us to like actually step up so that you don't have to struggle? So we're going to end out this episode by saying to all of our moms, you are amazing. You're so strong. And sometimes even, shit happens. Yes. And That's but I have but the moms. I mean, honestly, the moms who go through everything and do in quotation marks all the right things and still not end up having the outcomes they're hoping for are the strongest because you have to one get through really trying times but two like integrate what happened into your future and present so cheers to you hope this helps somewhat and know that your journey is not just yours there's a lot of people who go through what you go through and i'm gonna stop now you are not alone you're not alone the only other thing we have to say is cheers, cheers.